to the 18th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Happy, almost, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Just a few announcements. We're on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. After last week's absence, we're back. Yay, we're back. And reviewing Suspiria. There are two movies total in the series. Suspiria 1977, directed by Dario Argento, who is considered the Italian Hitchcock, starring Jessica Harper as Susie Banyan, also includes Joan Bennett as Madame Blanc, and Michelle, you may remember her. She played Elizabeth Collins Stoddard on Dark Shadows. That was uh, kind of a long time ago. Yeah, I just saw another episode of it recently. Also starring Alita Valley as Miss Tanner. Udo Kier plays a small role as well. So that's the 1977 version. The 2018 version, directed by Luco Guadagino, and he also was the director of Call Me By Your Name, stars Dakota Johnson of Fifty Shades of Grey fame, or not, and Tilda Swinton. So, where to find these movies? The only place I could find the first movie is on Tubi. Um, but I hear the movie, the full movie is available on YouTube. I didn't check. It is definitely not on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Shudder, or HBO. Uh, so, it's pretty hard to find. Um, the second movie just became available on Amazon Prime free for members. So, that just happened, I think, on... May the 1st. Rotten Tomatoes scores. 1977 versions. Critics gave it a 93. Audiences gave it an 83. So that's pretty good. 2018 version. Critics gave it a 66. Audiences gave it a 68. Which is still not too bad. So let's talk about the plot real quick. In Suspiria 1977. The plot of this movie is very thin. So basically, an American woman travels to Germany to join a ballet modern dance company. She meets Madame Blanc and Miss Tanner. People start dying. Something is amiss. In an info dump from a doctor, which is Udo Kier that I mentioned a second ago, we learn that the company was started by Helena Marcos in the 1800s. Many people believe her to be a witch. She... And he also mentions that a coven cannot survive without its leader. That will come important later. Susie finally discovers what's really up and has to fight for her life. The ending seems rushed in that uh, Susie burns down the school and everyone in it. But that's okay. I still enjoyed it enough that I didn't care at that point. So that's really the whole plot for the 1977 version. And here's where it gets more complicated. The not, the 2018 version, even though it's technically considered a, a remake, is more of a retelling in that it's the same basic plot and the same characters, but then it goes off in a different direction, and it, um, it greatly expands on the mythology of the first movie. So um, it says that it shows a title card, 
for each of six acts and the epilogue, which honestly I don't think we needed, except that this, to show you where you are in the movie, because this movie's much longer than the first one, which we'll talk about in a second. This time, uh, the movie is set in a divided Berlin after World War II. It's 1977, and Susie Banyan arrives at the Helena Marcos Dance Academy from Mennonite, Ohio. How she learned how to dance in Mennonite, as a Mennonite in Ohio, I don't know. How about you? Are the Mennonites known for their dancing? I don't think so. I didn't think the Mennonites danced or played music, so who knows? Whatever. Um, Tilda Swinton is there as the company dance director, Madame Blanc, and one student, Patricia, is missing. We saw her at the very beginning of the movie visiting her therapist. Um, another is on her way out, or so she thinks. Susie quickly excels and becomes the teacher's favorite. And in a side story, uh, the therapist's wife has been miss was missing during World War II, and he has been overcome with grief all of these years because he doesn't really know what happened to her. They got separated, and he feels like he didn't do enough to help her. Um, the interesting part about this is when you see a flash of who his wife was, it is actually Jessica Harper, who was the first Susie Banyan from the 1977 movie. Mm. So that was fun. Um hmm. And it turns out, this is no big surprise to hear, that yes, she was killed by the Nazis. Um, in other news, the school is divided between support for Mother Marcos, who we don't see until the very end, and Madame Blanc, who's Tilda Swinton. Um, Marcos is very, very old and needs a new body. And the two previous girls didn't work out, so Susie is next up on the list. And it turns out that the dance moves that the school is rehearsing, actually give the witches power and are part of their spells. And that's very different from the first movie And that the first movie, even though it was a dance academy, there really wasn't much dancing in that one. This one, there's a lot of dancing, and I actually really enjoyed it. So poor Susie, she seems oblivious. I'm not sure if she's just oblivious or if she's in on it. I don't know. And one of the most shocking scenes of that movie, Susie performs a dance scene while the woman who just got mad and left, Olga, is trapped downstairs in a mirrored dance hall by herself, and every move that Susie does contorts that poor woman into a tighter pretzel. It's pretty rough. And supposedly, all of that was done, uh, none of that was done with CGI, because that woman, I guess, is a contortionist. And you'd have to see it, though. I don't know how anybody could contort themselves into the things that she ended up being. Um, she was just like a big ball of something by the end of it. She wasn't dead, but she was just laying there. So that was a pretty uh, horrific scene. There are some major scenes of body horror in this movie. Um, let's see. And then they're going to have a final ritual in the, I guess it's ceremony room in the basement. But they need a witness, so they drag the poor therapist, Joseph, um, to be the witness for them. And he doesn't know. He, he went to the dance where they were conducting a dance, but then they had to, one girl broke her leg. And then they all went off, and then they trapped him in there. So it's supposed to be Madame Marcos is going to take Susie's body. Susie shows up. Tilda Swinton says you don't have to do this if you don't want to because she's grown to really like her. And 
Susie's like, no, that's okay. And Madame Marcos is talking smack. Um, and then all of a sudden, this strange creature shows up that's like a demon-looking thing. I guess it's a demon. I don't know. And remember in the beginning, I said there was a power struggle between those two? Anyone that voted for Madame Marcos during that initial vote at the beginning of the show is killed by that demon. And she just runs around and like slits all their throat and kills them. Oh, and their heads explode. So it turns out that Susie is not as innocent as she appeared because Madame Marcos was supposed to be Mother Suspirium. And I'll talk about what that means in a second, but she's like a very old witch, Mother Suspirium. It turns out she's not the real Mother Suspirium. Susie is the real Mother Suspirium. That darn Susie. You with me? Because it's a, it's a little confusing, and you don't know if Susie, when she was growing up in Ohio, there was something different about her, and she felt this pull to go to Germany. So we don't know if she was a reincarnation of Mother Suspirium at that point, or someplace after she got to the dance school, she became reincarnation of Mother Suspirium. But... Either way, she killed all. She killed Madame Marcos and all of the followers. Which and it looked like Tilda Swinton was dead too, because Madame Marcos, before she got killed, slit her throat. But it turns out she's still barely alive. Um, in the end of the movie, after we determine who Susie really is, she goes to visit the doctor and tells him the truth about what happened to his wife, which is that. You know, she was killed in a concentration camp in World War II. And then she wipes the memories from him because he had been tortured by that all of those years. And based on the ending, there may be other sequels to this movie. But, um, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I think if you watch this movie without knowing the background of really kind of what was going on, you would be pretty confused. So why should we watch this movie? Suspiria, the original movie, is often on the list of top movies of all time. Suspiria was way ahead of itself in terms of musical score. It has one of the best scores in movies. I think it has the third best score of any horror movie I've ever seen. So I'd say Halloween, The Exorcist, and Suspiria. And that's because the Italian prog band Goblin provided the music for this and some of Argento's other movies as well. But I really, really liked it a lot. And it's worth watching just for the music, in my opinion. Uh, there is nothing visually like the original Suspiria. The whole movie looks like a fairy tale-ish nightmare. It has tons of bold greens and reds. It was filmed on one of the last Technicolor uh, tri Trio color machines still in existence at that time, and that's what made the color snap. And that's the same uh, type of machine that the Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind were filled on. So you can kind of tell from that basically how it's going to look. But visually, it's beautiful. Um, I also wanted to mention, when I first started doing this, I was going to do something on witches in movies in general. But when I started thinking about it, there were, weren't really that many to do. There's tons of movies about zombies and vampires and even a bunch of werewolf movies but when you start looking at witch movies there aren't nearly as much it seems and plus if you subtract the uh, disney witches so you know from snow white sleeping beauty hocus pocus 
the Potterverse witches, the Oz witches, the historical witches like Hansel and Gretel, and then any rom-com witches like Witches of Eastwick, there are much many less movies after that. So there's a few here that uh, I'll just mention real quick. Some of them we've already covered. Haxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages, 1922. We already covered that when we talked about Scandinavian horror movies. The Witch from 2016. It was on the top of many people's best uh, year of best list. And that's about witches in the 16th century colonial America. I really enjoyed that. The Blair Witch Project from 1999. That's one of the first found footage movies. Here's something called Burn Witch Burn from 1962. It was originally titled Night of the Eagle in the UK, but they renamed it when they uh, released it to the US. That's about witches in a college. I just watched that today. Um, it was pretty good. It wasn't, uh, there you curve there in the, in the middle of it, so I, I enjoy that. Here's something that I really, really enjoyed. The Witches from 1990 has Angelica Houston leading attendees of a witch convention at a hotel, and their quest is to get rid of all the children in the world because they hate children. I guess it was supposed to be a kid's movie, but I I thought I loved it. I thought it was great. They have a, uh, so they're, they're disguising them. The witch convention is actually called the, I think it's the convention against uh, cruelty to children or something. But, uh, so they all look like normal people. They go in there, they lock the doors, and she's like, okay, everybody take off your wig. Everybody take off your shoes. Everybody take off your mask. And then when they do that, they don't look like normal people at all. They are hideous, hideous witches. Um, and Angelica Houston, is it's worth watching just for seeing her. She's wonderful in that role. I might have to watch just the, the scene she's in again. I mean, she really chews up the scenery. It's great. So that was The Witches from 1990. Also The Craft from 1996. That's about witches in high school. Do you remember seeing that one, Michelle? The Craft? No. Well, there's a remake of that coming, so I'm looking forward to that. That was fun. Uh, Black Sunday from 1960. That's from Mario Bava, and that stars Barbara Steele as a 17th century witch who is seeking revenge on the descendants of the people that executed her, and Barbara Steele has been in a number of important horror movies, so that was that was a good one, too. Uh, also, The Woods from 2006, starring Agnes Buckner and Patricia Clarkson. That's a school for girls that is not what it seems. Obviously, you can figure out what that means since we're talking about it on a witch episode. Um, doesn't really get as much, um, I guess, as much credit as some of the others, but the, you know, witches at a dance school or witches at an all-girls school is a common theme. And then lastly, Seasons of the Witch... From 2011, it's a girl in 14th century that's accused of being a witch and causing the Black Plague. Nicolas Cage is in it, but we won't hold that against the movie. Um, I don't like a lot of what Nicolas Cage is in, but I really, really liked last year's Mandy. Uh, he was excellent in that, so we'll have to do a session about that at some point. But um, So that movie, Season of the Witch, should not be confused with George A. Romero's 1972 filmed by the same name, which is also called Seasons of the Witch. And that's about a housewife who is tired with her life. Her, her daughter's grown. Her relationship with her husband is not good. 
and she's approaching middle age and she's like, I got to do something. So she tries to become a witch. That one is a rough watch. It's uh, there's not much action. I tried to watch it once and couldn't get through it. So I watched it again today and I'm three fourths of the way through it. But don't expect any action like in other uh, Romero movies. I think this was the second movie he did after Night of the Living Dead. So those are the major witch movies. You ready for trivia? Yep. You ready for tri trivia? Yes. So the 2018 version of Suspiria had an almost um, all-female cast. And if you didn't know it when you watched the movie, you missed two vital roles that were played by Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton actually played three roles in this movie. One, of course, was Madame Blanc. And you could tell it was her. The other one was Mother Marcos. And you could not tell it was her at all because that that poor woman, she's supposed to be hundreds of years old, looked like Jabba the Hutt. I mean, she was a mess. There was, yeah, she was hideous and naked at the same time. And I was like, ugh, they should have thrown a moo-moo over that woman or something because it was bad. Naked witches. Oh, no, you do not want to see her. Trust me, it was bad. And also she played... Dr. Joseph Kemper, the psychotherapist. So she played a man who was a psychotherapist, but you couldn't, well, at least I couldn't tell it was her. Some people said they could tell by the voice it was her. But if I had not known it was her, I never would have known it throughout the whole thing because I rewatched it after that, and I still couldn't tell it was her from any of the mannerisms. So she did an excellent job at that. Um, and they also created a fake IMDP, IMDB page for the person that they said played Dr. Kemperer just to throw people off. So she did a great job. Of course, Tilden Swinton is excellent in everything she does. In the original movie, um, well, wait, let me skip to something else. So Argento did a number of hor other horror movies besides Suspiria, including Deep Red. And he also worked, here's another tie-in with Joe George A. Romero on Day of the Dead. And uh, we should go over all of Argento's horror movies at some point. So maybe we'll save that for a future um, episode. But he also did Deep Red. That's, but Suspiria is definitely the fam most famous one that he has done besides Day of the Dead. The first movie was only 98 minutes long. So very quick watch. The second movie was two and a half hours long. So I think some people complained about that. Um, if I, I saw it at home, so I was fine. If I had seen it in a movie theater, I would have been pretty antsy, I think, at that point. It's 152 minutes total. In the original movie, very little sound was recorded. It was later added and dubbed in English, Italian, Sp Spanish, and French. And many of the actors did not even speak the same language. So that left for some interesting, I'm sure, um, work. The original movie was also supposed to be about 12-year-old girls. So when you watch it, that's why, because I remember watching it and thinking the dialogue is just so weird. And at some point you have two women, like, sticking out their tongues at each other. And I'm like, nobody does that. Um, and that's why. Because it was supposed to be about 12-year-old girls, but given the subject matter, they didn't think they could get away with it. So they just made them uh, young adult women. Um, 
Here's one for you. Argento's movie is considered a gallio, uh, which means yellow in Italian. Giallo, sorry, giallo. Obviously, I don't speak Italian. Um, these were Italian thriller, murder mysteries, horror movies that were popular in the 60s and 70s. The name is derived from the cheap yellow-covered murder mysteries that were popular in Italy at the time. So giallo, pure giallo movie, it's going to be something along those lines, murder mystery thriller kind of horror movie. And this is where I said in the second movie, if you didn't understand what was going on, you would be confused. The first Suspiria is actually part of Dario's Three Mothers trilogy. It's barely mentioned in the first movie at all, but then expanded on the second movie. Suspirium has the mother of size, our mother Suspiriorum. His other two movies in the trilogy are Inferno from 1980, who has Mother Tenenbaum, which is the mother of darkness, and the movie The Mother of Tears from 2007 has Mother Lacrimarum. And, of course, from the title, you can tell she's the mother of tears. These were three all-powerful witches that were spread around the globe, and they predate Christianity. So that's an interesting... Um, I would like to hear more about them. Argento's grandmother told her told him she fled why are you, you poking the cat in the head okay sorry i thought something was wrong with the cat um argento's grandmother told him she fled a dance school in germany because of witches which is how he started doing that movie i don't know what do you think i'm glad she got out of there if there were really witches given how these acted um, Argento modeled the movie in part after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, so it was supposed to be a nightmare fan, uh, fairy tale, which we already talked about. Here's a fun one. At some point in the original one, uh, one of the lead girls, Sarah, is trying to escape from a killer. So she crawls through a window in one room into another room, right? When she does, it turns out the room is filled with barbed wire. There's nothing in there but big coals of barbed wire. So she ends up in the middle of the barbed wire, and the more she tries to escape, the more the barbed wire cuts her, and she dies. So do you have just like a room where you keep all your barbed wire? Because I do not. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Everybody just a room has one. with barbed wire and nothing else in it. Uh, the total body count in the second movie was 14. I'm not sure how many people died in the first movie, but she did burn the school down. So whoever was in there... When school caught fire, that's how many people died. The score of the 2018 version is from Radiohead singer Tom York. I didn't, again, it was okay, but I really didn't like it so much as Goblin. But I don't think anything can top that. And I already said there's very little dancing in the first movie, despite it being about dance academy. There's lots and lots of dancing in the second movie, and they are very, um, what's the word, like primal, sharp dance moves. I really enjoyed them thought they were good. Dakota Johnson did two years of ballet training in preparation for this role. Oh, she was dedicated. She was. She did a great job, and I didn't even like Dakota Johnson before this, but now I have revised my opinion of her. I was still upset about, um, what's, what's his name? Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I was very <laughs> upset about that. Anyway, so, and again I said, Practically no one knew Swinton was playing Joseph, the psychotherapist, except for her and the director. And the person that they created a fake IMDb page for was named Lutz Eppersdorf. 
And supposedly he was in a, a therapist in real life that they had just used for the movie. And they said that he died before the movie came out. So that's a pretty interesting thing. So in conclusion, I think that these are movies that you'll either love or hate. Um, you know, there's people in each camp. If you like artsy movies, I think you'll like these. I would definitely suggest watching the first movie for its style and the excellent soundtrack. And the second one is enjoyable, despite the fact that it's way too wordy and there's unnecessary side stories like we really didn't need to throw in Nazis World War II, the Bader-Meinhof uh, gang terrorists, uh, airplane um, terrorists attacking an airplane. I mean, it's about witches. I would like to see more about the witches because there's plenty enough material to work with there. But I still enjoyed it, and since there's room for a sequel, I would definitely watch one if they made it, because I really, really want to know more about these witches and how they, and the mythology of them and how they became, you know, the three mothers, because we really don't know any of that yet. What do you think after hearing that? I think I'm going to go watch the witches movies. And drink witch's brew. <laughs> so, what you got for us in terms of food for this week? We're talking about witches and dancing, so. Well, um, witches finger sandwiches. I guess you can do that around Halloween, but um, pretty simple. Just some uh, Pillsbury breadsticks and some pepperoni slices and some American cheese or whatever you want to put on it, and some lettuce and tomato, whatever you want to add on to it. And it's, uh, it's pretty quick. And you just cut them open and fill them, and you have your little witch's fingers. And there's a little picture. I, don't, I think it's a little pepperoni piece you cut in a triangle for the, for the nail. Oh, I know so, mine wouldn't look like that as usual, but it's so, really cute. And some sauce on the sides, and Jeanette will send you the... What's in the sandwiches? I, I just, it's, there's pepperoni and cheese, and, and uh, Jeanette will send you the, the recipe. And it's pretty simple, so just a couple of ingredients in, in the sandwiches, and, and you cook them, and you eat them, and you can give them to your kids... And there you have it. And serve them to any witches who may visit your house. Yeah, they'll love them. They'll, <laughs> they'll say, oh, these I'm look not, familiar. I'm not sure they're going to be too happy with you after you serve those. So it's a cute little picture. And everyone, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. We will meet you here next week for another topic. Have a good one and watch out for witches. <laughs>